Aloha, Penn Nation. What's up, folks? You're now tuned into yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch, and we have another great show lined up for you guys this evening. However, before we talk about tonight's guest, I tell you guys every single week, and I continue to do so, your home for MMA news is BJPenn.com. We are your premier source for all things mixed martial arts. Our team is always hard at work to bring you guys the most reliable information, all the breaking news, and tons of exclusive content as well. Make sure you guys bookmark us, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. Stay up to date on the sport that you love in mixed martial arts. bjpen.com, the fighter's voice. Everything you crave from the sport you love, we have got you covered, guys. So, as for tonight's guest list... We kick things off with the UFC bantamweight champ, one of the top pound-for-pound in the world, TJ Dillashaw. TJ returns to the show. We're going to go over what happened with the negotiations for the super fight against Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, how that all fell apart. We're going to talk about the rebooking, the rematch between himself and Cody Garbrandt coming up at UFC 227 on August 4th. Of course, we're going to get his take on his friend and training partner, Vasil Lomachenko, who has a fight coming up this weekend against Jorge Linares. We're going to talk about TJ training with him, possibility of Lomachenko moving over from boxing to mixed martial arts. We're going to talk about Cub Swanson, TJ training with Cub Swanson on the regular. The fact that these guys get to compete on the same card at UFC 227. So that's pretty cool stuff. And we'll also hear what TJ wants to do for the rest of the year who he'd like to fight next, who he thinks the number one contender is, and a whole lot more. Great conversation with the champ. I know you guys will enjoy it. And our second guest of the evening, returning to the show, good friend of BJPenn.com, game-bred himself, Jorge Masvidal. Now, after Masvidal had put his name in the hat to replace Gunnar Nelson and face Neil Magny at UFC Liverpool later this month, BJPenn.com reached out to game-bred. He gave us the scoop. We did a quick interview with him, talked about the fight possibly going down, the catch weight, the conditions needed to make this fight happen, why he wanted the fight, so on and so forth. Then, no more than two hours after talking to Gamebred Masvidal, he tells us that Neil Magny and his team have declined the fight. So we're going to get the full scoop on that. We're going to chat with Gamebred about his eventual return, whether it be July or August, who he's going to fight, who he wants to fight. We're going to get his response to Bisping's comments on Twitter this week. And we're also going to try to get a little clarity on the comments he made on Monday on the MMA Hour, talking about the demons cutting people out of his life. He talked about something similar on the show, but we're going to try to get some specifics if we can. But as you guys know, every time we have Game Bread on, awesome conversation. This one is no different. And closing out tonight's show, returning to BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice, the dynamic Japanese duo, if you will, Kyoji Horiguchi and his manager, who will be translating for us, Fumihiko Ishii. Unless you live under a rock, you saw that Kyoji finished Ian McCall in just nine seconds at Ryzen 10 over the weekend. We're going to get his reaction to the fight, the finish. What's next for him? We're also going to get his reaction to the MMA community clamoring for the second fight.
between Kyoji and Demetrius Muddy Mouse Johnson, and a whole lot more. Great convo with Kyoji the first time and Fumi. Of course, this one will be the same. BJPen.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. This is episode 80, and we're going to kick things off right with the UFC bantamweight champ, TJ Dillashaw. All right, Penn Nation, the champ has returned. Please welcome back to the show one of the top pound-for-pound athletes in the game today and the UFC's bantamweight champ, TJ Dillashaw. What's up, TJ? How was life down at the training lab today, man? Oh, man, it's doing great. Uh, Unfortunately, you caught me on uh, my day off. Um, uh, But days off these days when you're the champ aren't really days off. I got to head up to uh, uh, do some... uh, some fun things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enough said. Hey, and I know it, man. You're, you're training year round constantly, so days off are are few and far between, and well deserved, right? Yes, exactly. All right, cool. So, listen, I know we haven't really had a chance to discuss this uh, in the past, but this venture that you have going on with the training lab, uh, the concept behind the gym, is, is pretty cool in my opinion. Not looking to make any money on anybody and, and muddy relationships is I is what I believe you said about it. But that's a concept that I think this sport needs to embrace, and I'm sure you'd agree with that. Absolutely, man. Um, I'm looking just to build a home for myself that I can have a world class training a training facility for me to do my my, uh, my my training camps at. You know, and I want that to be the same for everyone. I don't want to have it. Uh, coming in and looking to uh, pull money from this guy or pull money from that guy. I want guys to be able to come in and get world-class training and not worried about what percentage they're paying, what coach and this and that, you know, I'm not, <clears throat> all I'm doing is it, the gym's going to be making enough money to pay the coaches a salary. And that's that, you know? Right. Absolutely. And again, I, I think that that hopefully is the, is the way that things go. I mean, we've heard all of these terrible stories of, of management and, and relationships with gyms. I, I know you've had a bit of a quarrel yourself in the past, so I think that uh, hopefully this is a concept that other people follow suit and, and we get to see some revolution in the sport in that department. Uh, but aside from the gym and, of course, the duties as a father, you had mentioned to me last week that you had a commercial shoot. Can you tell, tell us anything about that? Yeah, man, it was a ton of fun. I don't know how much I can talk about it, but uh, I got to do a commercial with Van Heusen. Um And uh, it's going to be a cool little spot when it comes out. It should be coming out like right before my fight. Uh, me and Wonder Boy be involved in that. So it's going to be a fun little skit that uh, we got to uh, almost feel like we were in the movies. <laughs> it was, you know, we got, to, got to do some action, got to beat each other up. It was a ton of fun. Now those are I have a few of those shirts myself. That that's a pretty quality clothing line, reasonable price. Yeah, man, it, it's just cool. They've done this new line. It's like their flex fit. They did a bunch of commercials last year with the NFL players and having them like you know do their drills or play their sport in their suits or in their shirts, you know, and uh, showing that you could do any activity wearing their Van Heusen suits. And so, as you can imagine. Uh, MMA and, and all the fighters in the UFC need as much motion as they can possibly get and as much flex as they can get, especially when you got Stephen Wonderboy Thompson throwing head kicks that are like three feet over your head. He needs to be able to have pants, he needs to be able to, have pants to stretch. And so that was kind of the, the thing I Cool. And on top of that, you want to look good while you still kick ass, right? Yeah, the most, yes, absolutely. <laughs> most importantly. 
Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. So the last time we had you on the show, you were still hoping for the fight with Mighty Mouse. Then that fight fell apart. Now you get rebooked against Cody at UFC 227. Before we talk about the rematch, though, I'm wondering, where did it all go wrong with the super fight? You know, there was rumors that Demetrius had negotiated himself out of the fight by asking for crazy money. Is there any truth to that? As far as I know, yeah. Um, you know, it's... Uh, you know, I hear... I talk to Demetrius Johnson, I hear one thing. I talk to the UFC, I hear another thing. So it's really hard to know <clears throat> exactly what went down if you're not the guy that's, you know, making that conversation. But, right. you know, I, I, I was told by the UFC that they were going to match me and Demetrius up in April. Um, you know, but then uh, Demetrius Johnson had to go and get his shoulder fixed. And then he was hoping to be back by July 7th. So I reached out to him and said, like, hey, man, what's what's what, you know, when, when you want in a fight or you want this fight to happen, like, I don't want to keep pushing for something that's not going to happen. And he was, he was telling me that he did, you know, that he wanted the fight and he wanted it July 7th. And so that's what I heard from him. But then when I talked to the UFC, it was kind of the thing that like, no, nah, he's too afraid to fight you. He wants this, you know, ridiculous money that we're never going to accept. He doesn't, he doesn't want to accept the fight kind of thing. So, you know, I think it was just too much politics behind the whole thing to, to get it lined up. Um, hopefully it'll happen one day because, uh, I'd like to prove to the world that uh, I'm the best pound for pound fighter in the world. So you are hopeful that it that it still can't happen down the line. Yeah, possibly. You know, I mean, I'm never going to throw it out there. I mean, that's the that's my goal in hand is to be the best pound for pound fighter in the world. And uh, Demetrius Johnson right now holds that crown. You know, um, right. And if you know, so it's 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 just about challenging myself and putting myself in those tough those tough fights. And I think he's a very tough fight. You know, he's a very smart fighter, well rounded. Um, you know, very great, smart athlete, and I think that's a, a great step and challenge for myself and a way to cement my legacy. You know, I mean, I had that split decision loss over Cruz, and if it wouldn't have happened, I could be in talks of also being the pound pound fighter, uh, best fight fighter in the world. You know, but uh, you get you hit those speed bumps, and so you got to bounce back from them. And I feel like uh, beat Demetrius Johnson is the way to do it. Well, I certainly hope that it comes to fruition, and I feel like there was a ton of interest behind it, and it's definitely a great matchup. I mean, the fans wanted the fight. Absolutely, they did. I mean, I, I felt that uh, everyone was very disappointed when they heard it wasn't happening. Um, even and everyone, when it was announced that it was going to possibly happen, was very stoked. It was all over the internet, all over my social media. Right. It was a lot of buzz behind it. So yeah, the fans definitely wanted it. I wanted it. It sounded like the UFC wanted it. So, you know, I, I guess. Uh, right. What are you going to do? What are you going to yeah. do? So yeah. now you've got this rematch with Cody. You know, when I spoke to you last time. And I spoke to Dwayne last time as well. You guys both agreed that Cody needed to earn his way back to the title shot. And if you guys couldn't get Demetrius, you guys wanted Cruz. How did this fight get made instead? You know, uh, Cruz is still not healthy. Um, the guy's always injured. You know, he's uh, unfortunate for himself. He's always, always got something going on. Um, no, Cody doesn't deserve the rematch, you know, but it is it is a big hyped-up fight, you know. And I, I definitely don't mind... Uh, beating his ass again <laughs> you know so he he deserves an ass whooping but he does not deserve the title shot but you know i think uh he's got the biggest hype behind him the ufc hyped him up a bunch he had a great fight against cruz so it's a great fight for me man i mean for me to go out there and, and improve my dominance over him now did the ufc really push the rematch or was this just what makes sense for you if cruz is unavailable i think it, it, for attention wise it made the most sense you know okay as as yeah I, th I think so. You know, I think uh, it definitely makes the most sense. Now, There's a big rivalry. There's a lot of attention. There's a lot of drama, you know, and uh, 
you know the guy the guy's the guy's a good athlete. I'm not looking looking past all, that he's he's got some attributes, you know. Uh, but I think he's got some big holes in his game as well. But uh, it's it's like I said, it's got it's got a lot of tension behind it, and that's great for uh, the sport. It's great for my weight class, and it's great for my family and my future. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, now. It sounds like, you know, aside from being kind of upset that he hasn't been hasn't been forced to work his way back up, I'd imagine you're going to take some pleasure in going back out there and hopefully finishing him a second time. Absolutely, man. I'm going to finish him sooner, too. So after this fight, I mean, do you feel like you can finally put this put this uh, feud to bed and move on? <laughs> At least on my side, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, I've I've already I've already put the feet behind me, man. I mean, it, it doesn't doesn't consume my life other than when I get asked about it. You know, right? Um, I feel like they're the ones kind of chasing it down, um, and creating the the, t- the tension, and the drama behind it. And I guess I should thank them for it because it's uh it's done really well for me. So you know, I mean, the, the whole Ultimate Fighter I didn't want to do. I didn't want that drama in my life, and I really wanted to, uh, to avoid it, but. Ultimately, I got to go out there and like prove who I was and let them show their true colors, and uh, came out on top because of it. So, you know, it, it was uh, nothing but nothing but great for me. Now he had his moment in the first fight at the end of the opening round. Are you anticipating a close matchup, or or do you feel like you've improved too much for him to be able to make those adjustments in this rematch? Man, when it when it comes down to that, that was just a little mistake I made. You know, those things happen. Right. Um, other other than that one, other than that one big right hand that I ran into. I mean, you know, I wouldn't watch that first round again, uh, you know, just the other day with Dwayne. And, uh, you know, I mean, other than that right hand, he really didn't do much. You know, it wasn't like he had a great office, offense. It wasn't like he was putting it on me. Like, I ran into his hardest shot. You know, like, I I mean, I, I came in hard. He threw his right hand. So I took his best shot and uh, came up still swinging, you know. So really it just comes down to is, you know, just making sure I, I stick to uh, the smart fighter that I am. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, at the end of the day, we also we all saw how it went. So uh, you know, if you get the finish earlier, uh, just another check mark on the record for you. But uh, after Cody, obviously, you'll be still interested in the fight with Mighty Mouse, the possible rematch with Cruz if he can ever get get healthy again. But aside from those guys, who do you think is going to emerge as the next contender? I mean, if Jimmy Rivera beats Marlon Marias, is he the guy who should get the shot in your opinion? You got him. You got a Sinsau. Um, you know, between Marlon Marias and Jimmy Rivera. So yeah, those, those are, those, those, those three guys are definitely making the way up. You know I mean? Uh, since I needs to fight a little bit more, I wish he would be a little bit more active with his name, but, uh, you know, we've got some great fighters in the weight class, so it's definitely not a shallow weight class. It's just about one of those guys deciding to, to break through and, and be the number one contender. For sure. For sure. Now, uh, I wanted to shift gears here for a moment and talk to you a bit about your buddy Lomachenko. Uh, firstly, have you, le- have you worked with him leading up to this fight with, uh, Linares? I just got to go up to his camp two weeks ago and, uh, work out. I didn't, I didn't spar with him this time around. I did some working out with him and his coaches and I got to, uh, spar some of his training partners. Um, a, a fighter that's also on the card on May 12th. His name is Fozzie. Well, that's not his real name. That's what they call him. I can't pronounce his full name. So <laughs> I also call him, call him Fozzie as well, but he's a gold medalist from Russia as well. He's out of Lomachenko's camp. He's also on the May 12th card. So I got to do some rounds with him. Amazing boxer as well. Um, I got to, you know, witness and be around Lomachenko's training and, and work with some of his coaches two weeks ago. So the guy's the guy's looking sharp. He's uh, in shape as always. Um, I'm looking for another impressive another impressive win from him. Yeah, I think I think the whole world has gotten accustomed to uh, to the matrix as it's been coined. 
But, you know, you've sung his praises on the show before, and anyone who watches boxing knows how great he is. But he had posted a video of himself wrestling not long ago. And then I found out, apparently, that he's done some grappling in the past. Have you trained with him at all outside of the boxing realm? No, not at all. Um, But when I showed up, uh, we had to do, like, some media stuff, so I brought my belt with me. He's like, oh, you brought my belt, like, joking around, saying he's going to get into the UFC and and try his his luck in some – some full round, full round fighting, not boxing, you know, but, uh, no, he's, he's an athlete, man. I mean, he treats his uh, profession very well. He's, uh, you know, he doesn't take any, any kind of gaps or breaks. It's like, he's very consistent and, uh, not only boxing, but the, the technical aspect of it and also his reaction times. And, you know, I'm sure that, uh, he has some skills, but I think it's a it's a big step to try to come and uh, jump in the octagon. Yeah, so it sounds like he's kind of busting balls, but hinting at it at the same time. I feel like the social media posts kind of hinting at it as well, but is he a guy that you think could successfully transition over to MMA? If you put some time in, you know, I mean, I feel like putting put gaining the wrestling and the grappling skills is a lot harder to do than to pick up on the striking skills. You definitely, know? definitely. Um, I wrestled my entire life. Uh, which helped me out with my jiu-jitsu. Um, I feel like it's there's a lot more to learn when it comes to jiu-jitsu and wrestling than there is in the striking aspect of it. Um, that's just my personal opinion. It's a lot harder to transition the other direction. So I feel like it'd be be tough for him to come across. But he's a very athletic and gifted person. So if anybody can do it in the boxing world, he'd be the man to do it. Yeah, that would be wild, man. Now, are you gonna go to? Are you gonna be at the fight at the Garden? No, I wish I was. I'm actually heading to um, Texas for uh, Harley Davidson for the fights out there this weekend. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, as always, man, you've been more than generous with your time. Just a couple more questions here for you. Uh, Cub is going to be on this card as well, right? Yes, he is, man. I'm I'm pumped about that. Now we get to peak together. Cub's been training with me. Um, Great training partner. Great guy. um, Now that I've gotten to know him and, uh, Man, that guy's a genetic freak. Like to, to see the gains that he's made so quickly with 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 training with my new strength conditioning coach. Like, Coach Swanson's going to be a, a killer once he gets a full camp in. He's healthy. He's ready to go. So I'm excited for him to to be on this card. Now, is this going to be the first time since training together that you guys are going to be able to be on the same card and, like you said, peak together throughout training? Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome to have Cubs side by side with me getting ready for this fight. And he's going to help me out a lot. In the boxing realm, you know, he's got great boxing. He's got a great boxing coach. We head out to Palm Springs. We do some boxing sparring out there. So having him in my camp is going to help me out a ton for this fight. Awesome, awesome. Now, what do you think about the rumors of GSP and Nate possibly being on this card? Ah, it sounds great. I mean, I think that's a, that's a great hyped-up fight. I mean, they both uh, they both got a name. And, and from what I heard, it would be down at 55. So I don't know if that's correct. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing too, man. That's crazy to think the GSP is going to cut cut down to 55. That would be crazy sick, man. That'd be awesome. And at the end of the day, it's better for your wallet, right? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy in that realm. But even obviously, that's I'm super happy about that. But even past that, I mean, it's a very intriguing thing to see GSP to make, be able to make it to 155s, and then he's fighting, you know, Nate, Nate Diaz, which is. Uh, you know, making a name for himself, you know? So it's, uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty exciting, uh, fight. Absolutely. Big matchup. Lots of hype would be behind that. And of course, uh, on a stacked card that, that is continuing to shape, it's going to be a sick event. I'm certainly looking forward to it, but after you handle business on August 4th, 
You looking to put in one more fight uh, for the remainder of the year, maybe two, or is, is one what you're looking at right now? Man, I, I stay in shape year-round, so I'd like to stay active. You know, as long as everything's healthy, everything's good to go, I want to I hop back in there. You know, it all depends on who the fight is and, and what's the word um, and how the UFC wants to build it up. But uh, I'm a professional. I stay ready. And in conclusion, brother, how do you see this rematch with Cody playing out? How does it all end when you visualize it? Oh, I see myself finishing him, finishing him once again. Um, a little bit even cleaner this time. Um, seeing the openings even soon. Um, I, I, I have envisioned myself. Uh, I mean, shoot, man, I even have a huge advantage on the ground in the wrestling aspect, so I could even take him down and submit him in the first round. You know, I see, I see him having some big holes in that that realm as well, too. So I'd like to exploit my greatness everywhere. So at the end of the day, a finish, no matter how it comes, and sooner than last time. Yes, exactly. All right, cool. And any shout-outs you want to get in before we let you go? Man, just uh, my new training team, the the training lab down here in Orange County, uh, Anaheim, California. Um, Muscle Farm's always been behind my back. They've uh, continued to uh, push me. I'm actually heading there now. They're in Burbank, California. They've been helping me out a ton. And then Virus. Virus has actually teamed up with our team, the training lab, to be the uh, the new apparel for uh, the training lab. I mean, they make the best gear out there, so I'm pumped to be uh, joining forces with them. Awesome, man. The 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 takeover continues, and everything's falling into place, as always. Very happy to hear it. Again, always a pleasure, Killer Shaw. Thanks again, and hopefully we can catch up before the fight, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good day, brother. All right. Bye. Later. So there you have it. Killershaw himself, UFC bantamweight champ, one of the pound for pound greats, TJ Dillashaw. Great convo with him. Always appreciate his time. Very much looking forward to this Van Housen commercial. I personally own a couple of those shirts myself. And of course, looking forward to the fight with Cody Garbrandt going down in just a couple months' time. Hopefully, somewhere down the line. The super fight between TJ and Demetrius gets figured out, gets finalized, and we get to see that fight happen. However, as we always do, we've got to keep it moving. Our second guest of the evening, good friend of the show, this is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Gamebred himself, Jorge Masvidal. All right, folks, please welcome back to the show, Number six ranked UFC welterweight and one of the realest dudes in the game, Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. What's up, Jorge? How was life at American Top Team today, man? Well, great. Just finished up a great workout. One of our up-and-coming studs, Johnny Eblen. Uh, good, man. Just getting after it, you know? Absolutely. Now, are you training full clip in the gym, or are you still kind of nursing those injuries you told me about last time? No, I'm full-time in the gym. This will be my third session of the day, you know? I'm, I'm full-time in here trying to get a little better every day, man. All right, very good. Now, I know we spoke briefly last week, uh, but a lot has gone down since then. Uh, you had told me that you guys made the offer to fight Magny at a catch weight of 180. You said that the UFC was on board. You also said that uh, you didn't think Magny would take the fight. And then it was only like two hours later, you told me that his team declined. Walk us through all that, uh, because based on social media, it looked like he was down for the fight at first. Yeah, don't always believe what you see or read, man. Because um, if you want to fight, man, and I, I don't want to keep going back and forth with this guy wasting my data plan, having to write stupid messages, you know. Um, man, if you want to do it, sign the fucking bout agreement. August 4th is looking like a great card. We get on that card. I kick your ass on that card because I don't want the whole world to, 
to watch him get embarrassed. Or we're not, you know, if he wants to do it in July, I, I don't know when he wants to fight, you know. But he's, he doesn't want to fight, is what I'm trying to say. He, man, he's just full of shit, you know, I'll tell you the truth. Right, right. Well, like I mentioned, you know, we shared the article. This he fight, rep- this fight, and mind you, he said that I'm a slob at 180, this and that. Okay, cool, bro. Yeah, I'm out of shape. You can say whatever you want. But this fight's been offered twice at 170. What, what were the excuses then, you know? Uh, ask him, you know, may, if he's a man, he'll post up whatever reason it was. Maybe his big toe was hurting. I don't know what it was, but uh, the fight's been offered at 170, 170 pounds. I've never missed weight in my entire career, you know. So if I say I'm going to make 170, I'm going to make it. The fight's been offered twice to him. He didn't want to take it. So what is he saying, you know? Right, right. Well, that was you kind of answer my next question here. You know, after we had shared the article, uh, you know, of you saying that, that he declined. Of course, you guys went back and forth on Twitter there, calling us fake news. You definitely went to bat for us. I greatly appreciate that. But, uh, you know, him going on about being a professional fighter, uh, keeping the weight, all of those things. I mean, it was the excuse from his team that the catch weight was unacceptable. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't want to say anybody from his team said though, because I don't know his team players. I don't know anybody in his team, so I'd be talking shit. I just know him, right. and I think he said no, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and then he can't even count. He's dumb as fuck. He's saying that I got the, the fight offered with four weeks ago. It was like two weeks, dummy. <laughs> now, you've you've talked about it in depth with us, how he's a guy that you've wanted for a while, and, and this is yet another opportunity uh, for him to fight you that, that has fallen through yet again. After all, after all this is uh, said between you guys, is he just making excuses in your opinion? I mean, will he actually take this fight at some point? I don't, I don't think he does ever take it. I think our careers end and we never face each other in right. a fucking octagon. Now, I, I know you said on Monday that you're moving past this. So, you know, at one point, are you 100% moving on from Neil Magny as far as sanctioned fights go? <laughs> as far as sanctioned fights go, that's my doubt. Um, man, I really don't give a fuck about that dude just other than I want to fuck him up, you know? Right. And I hope I don't have to come to blows outside of the octagon because I won't be getting paid, but I'm not the type of dude to get disrespected either, you know? If he keeps his distance and doesn't touch me and he just talks from a distance or whatever, you know, that's one thing we get, you know, I'm not really too big into the exchanging of words either, but he's like at a safe distance far away from me and he says something slick, you know? Maybe it's not disrespectful. I don't know. Maybe nothing will happen, but if he gets disrespectful at any place, any time, he's going to get fucking put in place, you know? Yeah. Real quick, he's gonna get he's gonna get checked. I'm gonna pull his whole card real quick, and he's not gonna want that. So I hope I know he's gonna hear this. So Magni, I see you. Don't act out of pocket. Now we briefly discussed your other options at this point the other day via text. Uh, you had said a couple of things uh, were possibly in the works, and when I said uh, you and Nick Diaz is the fight to make, he told me that Sean Shelby was interested in, in you against Nate. I'm guessing that never gained any traction, though, based on Dana White saying that they're looking at GSP versus Nate now? Yeah, that's what I heard. You know, I, I just think maybe from a matchmaker uh, point, Sean Shelby was liking the fight, but um, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, so who knows, you know? That'll be a huge fight, so it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a big moment. Yeah, I was going to ask, what do you make of that fight anyway? I see, like, a lot of the hardcore fans are kind of dumbfounded by the matchup. I kind of what? It seems like a lot of the hardcore fans are dumbfounded by this possible matchup. Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, Nate's a solid 55, and GSP's one of the best 70-pounders. So on that aspect, it's weird, but it's it's a super fight to make, you know? Is it at 55 or 70? I don't even know. Well, that that's the thing. I mean, there's no real details released about it now, but apparently they're looking at GSP moving down to 55. 
Maybe it'll be at a new weight class. Who knows? Is that something that would interest you? I know you're a guy that fought 155, 170 as well. Is a possible 160, uh, 165 weight class, is that something that you'd pursue? Oh, I, I could definitely make 65. I mean, that'd be easy for me. With a proper training camp, just eight weeks of training, I'd make 65 without hurting, you know? Right, right. Now, we spoke about it last time you were on the show, uh, the fact that we're in this McGregor era of controversy and money fights. But when you see a fight like that being talked about by Dana White, do you feel like the sport is losing any integrity integrity at all, like, in your opinion? Um, I don't know, man. Dana says a lot of things, you know. And, uh, uh, I don't know. After the Conor action, he said a lot of things. I really, I really don't know or... We're going to judge it too much, you know? It's, True. It's weird what's going on with super fights and shit sometimes or or who gets to fight what, you know? True, true. All right, so listen, shifting gears here for a moment. You and I have always talked a bit about Colby Covington. We had him on the show last week. I'm sure you saw a ton of the headlines that he generated that came out of that interview. Uh, I say it all the time. Hated to love the guy. You got to acknowledge what he's been able to accomplish so far. He's just a few weeks out from the biggest fight of his career. How's he looking in the gym, and how do you see that fight playing out? Man, he's looking good. He's this has been his best camp, um, injury wise, training wise, progression wise. I think you know, it's just tied up real well from. He stayed in shape from the bio fight. He hasn't he hasn't stopped coming to the gym. You know, he's only gotten stronger and better. I, I see him with the hand raised, man. I, I could see him stopping uh, RDA just because of the pressure alone. You know that he can put on guys. Yeah, you feel like the the pace is a uh, is a big thing on his side always in every fight, right? Definitely, and I think in this fight more than ever because. Um, RDA's he wasn't a big 55er. He was a strong 55er, but he wasn't like a big 55er. He's he's definitely a smaller, weaker to the other 70 pounders, you know. And in, in comparison to other guys that are that are from this natural weight that are real strong, I don't think he's as strong as those guys. And in, in uh, I think Kobe's one of the stronger guys in the division at 170 pounds. I've I've wrestled with uh, some of the better grapplers at 170, and, and the strength level is, is a big difference, and his gas tank and the size. I think that's going to wear RDA out to the next level, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to how that all plays out. Uh, it'd be tremendous if, if he wins that title. And I know we've talked about it before, but assuming he, he does win the interim belt, I mean, wh- wh- how does that work out for you guys? Is is somebody moving up, somebody moving down, or are you guys just going to you know hang out and, and see how things play out in regards to the title picture? I'll just see what happens. You know, maybe they open up that 65. Maybe um, there's a lot of maybes, you know? It's... it's, uh, it's it's um, there's a lot of maybes, man. I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, at least know. at least both I, you guys got options. For sure, for sure. All right, listen, man. I really hate to to beat a dead horse on this, but but I've got to get a follow up on on the Bisping situation. Uh, people might have forgot, but you told you told BJ Penn Radio over a month ago about this incident in China. Uh, however, he addressed you on Twitter saying that it's all bloody lies in quotation marks. And that he thought it was uh, an insignificant incident. That that's what it was to him. What's your response to that? Whatever, man. I'm, that that's what he wants to say. I guess it was. It's not significant to me either. But they were asking me, and you guys asked me, have we had any other altercations? It actually happened. Did anybody get knocked out or anything? No. But it's the same thing as in New York. You know, he got slick at the mouth, threw up the middle finger, and ducked out of it. You know, so it's nothing significant. But he almost still came close to getting executed, you know? That's That that was the point of the story. And Reed Harris saved his motherfucking life. So if you care to get Reed Harris on your show, you could ask Reed. Right. Okay. Yeah, and I just was, found it interesting that... that... I have to ask that dude is that these guys have an altercation in China, and that's it, you know? 
and and anybody of the staff that was there will tell you he had to get escorted inside of an elevator and, and escorted to his room. Right. And again, man, I, I really don't want to keep this thing going on. I just wanted to get your response. But uh, speaking of that conversation you had with Helwani, though, uh, this past Monday, you talked about uh, the demons and cutting out the bad stuff in your life. Uh, what were you talking about there? I, if you don't care to get specific, that's understandable. But were you taking a jab at the at the media at all on that? Am I off target there? Uh, not necessarily like the media, because there's some, fa- you know, like the people that I do the interviews with, the people hear me on this show, I actually like the people doing the interview, or I like the work that their company's doing it, so I'll do interviews with them, you know? Right. So it's not really so much the media, it's just people in general. People just fucking, people are like sponges, man, they'll fuck you up, they'll give you all them, them bad energies and shit, and a lot of people be hating on you, even though they're like inside of your group and stuff, so you gotta, you gotta trim the fat every year, that's always my New Year's resolution, is trim the fucking fat, man. Yeah, you gotta just, do it, man. You gotta just, do just, it. We just went into mass production, though, you know. Right, right. So, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. One more, one more thing with the from from Helwani show uh, with the samurai haircut. I can totally relate, dude. I've been growing my hair out as well, and and my cousin asked me last week about doing the man bun. I told her that you know there's no way I'm putting it in a ponytail. If I did, it was gonna be the samurai haircut. So I'm with you 100 percent on that. I, I don't got. I don't. My my the sides of my head ain't shaved. It's just all long Tarzan style, you know, so when I train, I put it up in a, in a bun so I can kick people's asses, my hair not get in my face, but other than that, I'm just wild, man, so is my hair. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So you've you made it clear that, that it's going to be July or August for you. We all know who you'd fight for free, uh, and, and we know that uh, you, you want to get the, the, the first rematch of your career. I remember you mentioning that. Uh, at this point, though, are, are you just waiting for the dust to settle a bit with all the important fights coming up at 170? Uh, in a way, yeah. In a way, it was just the, the target date that uh, my coaches, my camp, everybody on staff came up with. You know, more or less said, like, hey, by this date, everything's going to be A-OK, so let's shoot for these dates, and, and that's what we're working towards, you know? It, it didn't really matter Um, the landscape was clear or not because, like I said, when, when I come back, when I'm healthy, I've been out for the longest time. I think I've been out in the UFC, so I'm just hungry to get in there. And whoever it is, if it's if it's uh, number fifteen or number one, whoever it is, you know. Yeah, I, I know we've talked about this before. You know, you were talking about how uh, just rehabbing these injuries, taking care of them, is going to be a big benefit to your career going forward. But talk about the re- the frustrations of of having to be out of competition for so long. Something that you're a natural at, you know. I love to compete, you know. I, I don't mind the gym practices. And I don't mind swimming and dieting and stuff. Not a huge fan of it, but what I like to do is compete, and that's something that I haven't got to do for a while. But I uh, I kind of have to do it for myself, you know, get my body healed up, get a couple things better, and um, just become a better athlete and get right back out there and, and give it another shot, you know, because I can't stop till that belt is wrapped around my waist. For sure, man. And, hey, I know you're one of those guys that's right on the cusp. One or two big wins, you'll be right back in the title picture, so... Uh, all right, man, listen, always a pleasure to speak with you. Let's wrap things up here. Um, of course, we're all looking forward to your return. I still say Nick Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal for the real recognized real showdown. I'm sure you, I'm sure you'd be down for that. Always, man. I'm always looking for a good scrap and I know that's going to be a good scrap, you know? Hell yeah, man. All right, listen, any shout outs or sponsor plugs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Definitely like to thank God almighty for everything he's provided for me. Um, 
this uh, local food company from Miami. They've been with me about two years um, taking care of me as far as, like, all my food goes. And they're called Dice. If you're ever in Miami, you want to eat good organic food, you know, that is uh, affordable and is actually clean, check out Dice, man. They've really been taking care of me for a while, so they're my peoples. American top team, like always, uh, my my head stand-up coach, Valina Hernandez, which he's uh, also um, been working with a, with a couple other guys that, that are starting to uh, come into to light. You know, people are going to notice, I think, this year, just how good of a coach he really is, you know. All right, cool, man. I, I know you've sung his praises many times, so obviously everything he's been able to do with you speaks volumes to, to his abilities. And um, listen, man, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to a fight finally getting announced for you. Uh, thanks again. We'll catch up again soon and keep post slapping those demons, brother. I'm trying to, my brother. Thank you for having me on, man. Shout out to, to all my fans, everybody listening, man. DJPen.com, what's up? What's up? All right, all right, Game Brad. You have a wonderful night, brother. You too, player. Real, recognize real. I'll tell you, man, I certainly hope somewhere, at some point in his career, we get to see Jorge Masvidal square off against one of the Diaz brothers. That's a true MMA fan's dream fight. Let's hope that that comes to fruition at some point in his career. But for now, let's hope he gets a big fight in July or August. I'm definitely looking forward to his return to action Maybe against Bisping, probably not. Regardless, Masvidal, always a fan favorite. Gotta love the guy and the way he fights. So as we keep rolling forward, our final guest of the evening, returning to the show, Kyoji Horiguchi, and his manager that will be translating for us, Fumihiko Ishii. These gentlemen took the time out of their busy morning over in Japan, across the globe, to speak with us, so we greatly appreciate it. Good conversation with Kyoji and Fumi, as always. Coming off this tremendous nine-second knockout over Ian McCall. Very cool stuff. I know you guys will enjoy the conversation. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Kyoji Horiguchi. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show. Coming off a spectacular knockout victory over Ian McCall at Ryzen 10 over the weekend, Kyoji Horiguchi. We're also joined yet again by Kyoji's manager, who will be translating for us, Fumihiko Ishii. Kyoji, Fumi, what's up, guys? How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Hey, dude. Just wake up. So, again, I, I greatly appreciate you guys waking up super early to, to talk with us today. Always appreciate the time. Let's jump right into it. First off, congratulations to Kyoji on the impressive win. How happy is he with the performance? I'm very happy. Uh, yes, I'm just very happy, he said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So it doesn't get much better than a one-punch knockout. Was was Kyoji surprised at all at how quickly it ended? Yeah, it was my first experience in my career, so I'm very happy to see this finish. Now, can Kyoji give us his thoughts on the stoppage? Was it a good call by the ref, in his opinion, or should McCall have been allowed to continue? I think good timing. 
Yeah, he said a very good timing, a good referee. Okay, so with all the training that went into this fight, though, you know, all the promotion and the media obligations, uh, Kyoji, do you wish at all that, you know, the fight maybe went a little bit longer just so you could show the fans some of the new tricks that you've been working on? <laughs> yes, he said uh, from the promotion point of view, I should have... Uh, uh, you know, demonstrated my performance much longer than one punch. Right, right. But again, it, it doesn't get much better than uh, you know finishing it quickly and and getting the getting the work done uh, within nine seconds. I mean, that's absolutely yes. incredible. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, what was uh, Kyoji's reaction to the backlash against Ian McCall after the fight? It seemed like some of the fans had really harsh words for Ian. Uh, regarding the uh, stoppage or what? Well, just his performance. I think they all expected him to go out there and, and uh, you know, test Kyoji. But uh, from what I saw on social media, the fans were being pretty rough towards McCall. お互いに攻めたかったみたいかった。そういったことが今ソーシャルメディアで下がれてたんで、どう思う結構嫌な叩かれてると。ああ。まあ、それも試合ですから。It is part of game, so we cannot control anyway. True. True. Now, immediately after the fight, everybody in the MMA community was calling for Kyoji to have the rematch with the mighty uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Does Kyoji feel that that rematch is inevitable? I know that the promotions, you know, th- th- that's a big hurdle to jump through, but considering all the success he's having and, you know, Demetrius being considered the best in the world, does he think that that rematch does need to happen at some point? Of course, I wish to face Demetrius Johnson in the future. So, as long as the promotion permits. So, if the promotion would allow it, he, he would like to get that rematch. Uh, I think it's more for UFC. Right. Right, because of the rising seed value of Koji, but uh, UFC never. Yeah, and even, I, when they, he made a decision to move to Rising, we got an offer from UFC. It is not fair value from our point of view, but Rising did a, you know, more better variation of the Koji. So the question is that how UFC look at Koji now? Right. Well, it, d- does he feel like it's just a matter of time in regards to you know if he keeps winning, he must feel like that the UFC is going to eventually have to see the value in having him fight Demetrius a second time, right? Yes, of course, I feel that way. You know, I just need to do my job. That's one of the reasons I back to Japan to show my performance. Now, what is next for Kyoji and Ryzen? Will he compete at Ryzen 11? Uh, 
Xiao Yarou. Yes, I'm going to be in the fight card in Rising 11, and we are not confirmed yet, but the possibility is kickboxing match. Uh, really? Because, yeah, we need to we need to make a more excitement to the Japanese MMA and martial arts industry. So whatever they offer, which is which give more excitement to the fans and the, the industry, I will take any challenge. So at this point, Kyoji would totally be comfortable going in there competing in kickboxing. Uh, does he have an idea of an opponent, or would it possibly be tension? Yeah, of course, I'm ready to have a kickboxing match and uh, waiting for Rising to confirm my opponent. Very good, very good. So, uh, considering the transition to kickboxing, is there a lot of changes that he needs to make uh, within his training in order to ensure that he'll be able to uh, be successful uh, in just a straight striking matchup? It is part of my fun, you know, how I can transit from complete MMA fighter to a kickboxer. Okay, very process. Very good, very good. Now, is this something that that Kyoji plans on doing uh, moving forward? I mean, will we see him competing in both? mixed martial arts and kickboxing or is just this just to generate some more interest in the rise in kickboxing uh, uh, facet of the promotion yeah this is just for rising okay so uh, to, help, to help excitement in, in the industry okay for the Japanese market okay is that so I, I guess what I'm asking is it going to be one fight and done kickboxing or will he compete multiple times in kickboxing uh, under the Ryzen banner. I believe the possibility is that within this year, uh, may have a kickboxing match. Okay. Including tournament. Okay, so he would possibly be competing in a Grand Prix. That's yeah, maybe. Maybe yes. <laughs> All right. Cool. So. That being said, uh, assuming you get the kickboxing fight, uh, how many times would he like to compete before the end of the year? And uh, obviously, I'm sure he plans to be a part of the New Year's Eve card. Um, probably three, four, three, four fights. Uh, they have a rising eleven and dry. And they have a show in September and December, New Year's Eve. So those are the, the target what I'm talking about with Rising now. That's uh, that's incredibly active for any fighter to fight three or four more times this year. Uh, I mean, what, what, what makes him so confident that he can compete at such a high level so often? So, I'm like monk, you know, trying <laughs> right every day for the fight. So I don't want to take a break. So I want to make sure to keep good condition to fight anytime. 
Very good. So, uh, you had we had talked about uh, Kyoji going back to Japan uh, for sake of his old master. I'm wondering though, is in regards to his training going forward, is he expecting to head back to uh, American Top Team in Florida anytime anytime soon, or will he be exclusively in Japan uh, for the next several months? Right now, I'm considering which is the best bar to have my camp. Okay. All right. Well, listen, guys, I greatly appreciate the time. I I, uh, I think we covered all the bases here. Random question, though, just for my own uh, amusement. Where is the fishing better in, in Kyoji's opinion, Japan or Florida? Mm, Japan, because uh, I have a car. car. <laughs> <laughs> we only have a bicycle in Florida. <laughs> that makes carrying a big fish home pretty hard, right, on a bike? Yeah. <laughs> awesome alright well listen guys We I certainly look forward to the next fight Kyoji continuing to solidify himself as one of the best in the world thank you so much both of you guys for the time I know it's very early morning over there and uh, tell Kyo- Kyoji to please enjoy the fishing and we'll catch up again soon thank you alright domo arigato my friends thank you domo arigato thank you alright have a good day guys bye bye All right, there you have it, folks. Kyoji and Fumi, big thank you to both you guys. It'll be a shame. It'll be a travesty if Kyoji does not fight Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson just once more before these guys retire or whatever the case is. That's a fight that needs to happen, in my humble opinion. Amazing performance for Kyoji again. Looking forward to what the future has in store for him. Big mahalo to all of our guests. TJ, Jorge, of course, Kyoji and Fumi. Greatly appreciate the time. Also appreciate you guys, Penn Nation. You all make this possible. We got a ton of love for you guys. Make sure you bookmark us, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. Stay up to date on the sport that you love in mixed martial arts. Everything you crave bjpen.com the fighter's voice we have got you covered guys also before we close out tonight's show big shout out to not only everybody on the team but one of the new additions mike pendleton welcome to the squad brother you're going to be a great addition be on the lookout for the continued ascension of bjpen.com in the words of conor mcgregor we're not here to take part we're here to take over again big mahalo guys bjpen.com radio the fighter's voice This is your host, Jay Kinch, signing out till next week. Peace out, everybody.